for listening to the Folk Podcast. If you would like to become more involved with the Wisdom of Odin community, please think about donating to Patreon. At the lowest tier, you gain access to our community Discord. Uh, the next tier, you gain access to live streams. And of course, at the final tier, you gain early access videos, as well as your name in the end credits for all Wisdom of Odin videos. Thank you so much for watching, and thank you so much for whatever support you're able to provide. Hello, my name is Jacob. And this is the Folk Podcast, episode 34. We're very old now, and which is why we're going to be those old dudes that played video games their entire lives, and we're going to talk about video games today. Mostly because we started this episode, so we're actually going to have two episodes recording today. Uh, the episode next week is going to be about hell. And we actually came on this episode, and we just started talking about like Vikings and media, Viking and video games. And I was like, gosh, should we just like hit record and talk about Vikings and video games? That seems like what we should probably do. So that's what we're doing, because it was becoming a good conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is going to be kind of one of those episodes where we kind of discuss um, our experiences with Vikings and video games, are, what we would, what we have seen, what we hope to see in the future, um, and moments we really enjoy. So keep in mind, this there may be some spoilers here to certain video games. Uh, we'll try to keep it to a minimum. Um, we may talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, since it is one of the more recent Viking video games to come out in a separate episode um, at some point. But uh, besides that, just expect there may be spoilers for video games, but we'll try to keep them relatively light. Gentlemen, how do you feel about Vikings and representations in video games so far? We've kind of talked about the subject before as far as like Viking and media, but as far as video games go, how do you feel Vikings stand right now as long as far as their reputation, uh, representation? It's definitely gone up. Uh, I mean, in the first episode of me, you and Ian, we, we talked about, you know, Valhalla, what we wanted. And I believe Valhalla probably is one of the best representations of Vikings themselves. Uh, maybe not so much Norse paganism, the religion, but definitely as far as what Vikings were and how they acted, that's probably the best representation. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, while you asked that question, I started thinking of games in the past. And there was one, I can't remember the name of it to save my life, but it was an older game for, I believe it was just like, it might have been Xbox 360. Human? But, hmm? Too human? No, no, oh, okay. it was a Viking one. It was a Viking game. Um, but like, it, it, it kind of like, it overly played on the concept that like, like Vikings were these monstrous, you know. Was huge... it Baldur's Gate? No, I, I'll have to look it up. But it was, you know, it was just like, it, it over fantasized on like the going to Valhalla and the, the Vikings were these ruthless, savage, you know, monster of men, you know. I found it. Okay, so I was completely off. It's called Viking Battle for Asgard. And it was like, yeah, never even heard super, of yeah, it's just super over the top. Like it looks like a Dynasty Warrior style like game. I mean, uh, one of the things I think is like really interesting is if you look at 20 years ago Viking representation and the way Vikings looked, it's evolved a lot. And I know mm -hmm. uh, I plan on doing a live stream. It may have already happened by now on uh, me finishing the Vikings TV show. But as much as many people criticize that show, at the end of the day, it did help to evolve the modern look and the modern mind on how vikings looked i mean compared to what people thought in the 80s which were just like fur loincloths and With like horns on the helmet yeah 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 like it's come a long way and you know true historical accuracy is a very rare thing especially in video games i know um ian one of your you you really love kingdom come deliverance right yes 
yeah, yeah. I like that's as far as like if you're looking for a, like that's not necessarily Viking, but um, you know, it's around that time period. Yeah, but the accuracy of that game is is insane, which is a big reason why I've liked it so much. And it's it has a lot to offer. And like, yeah, it's all very much historically accurate for that time period. Um and the learning curve for the combat on that was something else. Yeah, oh, it was, it, like it, it got me started on Dark Souls. Different, game, different subject. That but, game you know, definitely revolutionized. Yeah, like, if they if they took more games like that, like if they took and made a more you know Viking period esque game with that level of detail um, and accuracy, you know that would be a cream of the crop. I think. I mean, obviously, like what you were saying earlier, sure, is that like Assassin's Creed Valhalla is probably the closest we've got as of right now for like uh you know kind of like a, a hack and slash kind of a game um with a story and stuff like that but <clears throat> yeah if they were to do something along those lines where it was that historically accurate i mean i would probably not play anything else <laughs> <laughs> i mean the, the thing is though like that game those are one in a million games you know obviously kingdom come mm. deliverance is a very rare situation because that game is was painstakingly made and it is a painstaking game to play it's not very not very wide market and that's one of the problems we run into with norse paganism with viking aesthetics in general is things have to cater to what makes money and so to find something that can actually you know get enough money to be produced um, enough to be both a Norse pagan Viking themed game and then also be a very hard like technically heavy game is a very hard combination to get but I mean technically I mean where does that game take place isn't it like where was Bohemia it's uh yeah Bohemia then in the 36 or something like that around that time yeah 1300 yeah. 1400 something like it yeah yeah it's just around that time period like and then you take something like we're talking about like representation wise and then like go with the more not really modern but what people imagine when you say vikings i would say for honor i don't know if any of y'all played that game um i played a vikings, little bit of it the vikings on there you know they're all tatted up they have little to no armor you know horns they're, on they're like armor. the quintessential badass looking viking yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly what everybody they are like beefcakes Oh, I was I was playing it yesterday with my brother and them, but I'm I'm a Highlander main, and like I got my kilt and the sword, and now nah, you can get bagpipes, so I bought bagpipes, and then I have a sheep. Bagpipes, yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, so like, that's the more that's the more common issue that I think we've come across with like Viking representation in video games. And yeah, like you were saying, Jacob, like they are every character in For Honor. Like I played it quite a bit when I first came out. Is yeah, they're all beefcakes. Like even the ladies in that game. Like there's a Valkyrie character. And like, yo, she's bigger than like she's most small. Dudes. Yeah, she's, she's small. She's yeah, small. I'm just like, what? She like, crush your head like watermelon. She, yeah, she exactly. definitely is taking your soul to Valhalla, whether you want to go or not. Death like, by yeah. Snoo Snoo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have this like, we have this overwhelming, you know, ideology of Vikings and like Viking culture of being yeah that heavy, heavy warrior like. I could crush your head like with my bare hand kind of mentality with a lot of these games. And I mean, sure, like that, like what you were saying earlier, it, it, that's what sells is, a, you know, a very easy pick up a game. Don't have to learn a lot of controls, hack and slash, you know, get your fix for combat, whatever. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, I, I would definitely like to see more things like Kingdom Come Deliverance, where it is so, you know, period piece accurate that it's almost it's almost painful to play, but you enjoy it for the the reason that it is so accurate and, and aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah. 
Now, speaking on like aesthetics and all, one thing I do want to talk about from like Assassin's Creed Valhalla is just like being able to get into like in the early part of the game when you're in Norway. Um, it's you know just the, the way that the landscape is and how much you can oh, explore even in yeah. that small you know even in that opening area it's beautiful and mm. it, it really gets you into the whole you know the whole thing of uh, of that time period and how it was in Scandinavia at that time and then when you right. go to England I mean it's still beautiful but there's just something about whenever you're there in Norway you're going through the fjords and everything like that honestly I oh, think one of the things that Assassin's Creed Valhalla does really well is the intermingling of Anglo-Saxon and like Germanic Nordic culture. I think it does a really good job of because, you know, things, you know, Last Kingdom probably arguably does this better than Vikings by far because it's more focused on the England side of things. But I mean, Vikings, the Viking people, the, you know, the Danes, they existed in England for a very long time. Like, I mean, this is why, I mean, basically, you know, English, Germanic, Nordic culture are all this intermingled mess where, and especially since they all have the same roots, which is the irony of it, because like they have the same root of Germany, but then like the Nords came in to England, which now were Christianized and then intermingled once again. So you have this weird, like multi-layered sandwich of heritage that becomes England um, in the, you know, between the seventh and the 11th century. It's wild. Definitely. Yeah. I, I will say Assassin's Creed did a really good job. And you know, like you said, The Last Kingdom, like, you, know, you, you can't go wrong with that show. If you haven't checked out The Last Kingdom, you need to, because that, that one's arguably better than Vikings, in my opinion. Yeah, That's to me is all. One thing that I'll always commend you know, Ubisoft for is the fact that when they do games like primarily with the Assassin's Creed uh, series as a whole, is they have a wide team across the globe. I mean, you hop onto one of those games and it says you know, Ubisoft, you know, Canada, uh, you know, various parts of Canada, France, Germany, like they have teams all over the world that come together and, you know, help with the development of those games to get it as accurate as possible. Obviously they throw their own flair in, but, you know, I'll always commend them on that ability to make things as accurate as they possibly can while still, you know, like I said, adding their own flair to it to keep it, you know, their own thing. But um, yeah, I feel like a lot of game, a lot of developers don't necessarily care to do that. Like they make no, I mean, they hired Crawford, you know, they had Einar yeah, Selvig, exactly. you know, do the music. Do the I music. mean, yeah, that is yeah. throwing a bone to the Norse pagan community for sure. Oh, Whether they actually know they did that or not, but hiring Einar Selvig for sure was definitely like, you You have to know that you're throwing a bone to the people that actually adhere to this as a faith. Exactly. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the the Hellblade 2 that is coming out. Now that is, yeah. that's a little bit more of a combination of Celt and, you know, and Norse, it's a combination barely. of both. Ba yeah. Barely, yeah. but um, <laughs> you know, I uh, the the trailer for the new for the second one, you know, is features Highlong. Yeah, it's like I, even I, then, I, like yeah, again, like they're kind of. I think developers are kind of throwing a little bit more money. Yeah, like you said, like they're kind of throwing a bone to the pagan community without really realizing it. Pagan community, as much as we hate to admit it, money drives the world. I mean, that has been true for basically since the beginning. Yeah. Um, and right now, paganism is profitable as much as we hate to admit it, but there is a lot of money to be made in paganism now, which is both a good and a bad thing. You know, we have to make sure that we maintain our souls, 
but also it means we're able to be in things like High Long in a video game, Ein Arselvik in a video game, uh, Caleb Baker's crotch because he just shoved his camera <laughs> into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Only fans confirm. Only fans confirm for Baker. Oh my uh, gosh. No, no, that, no, that's when you see me come out with the kilt on. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm glad you were wearing <laughs> pants today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know, these th- kind of things wouldn't exist if there wasn't money to be had. Uh, oh, definitely. And, you know, shoot, what was it? Einar Selvig, like the new album was like number two in like some categories outside of like world music. Like it was just yes. number two in the billboards. Like that's awesome. Um, and that means we are going to see more and more people and big businesses and companies decide, hey, let's start bringing in some more pagan elements because it's actually profitable. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at um, God of War, the new one, like I know as far as accuracy is not but the creator of god of war went to norway went to these places where these mythology took place and and really did a deep dive okay how did these people see their own religion how did these people live this mythology like he did uh, the god of war which inspired it you know so there's definitely money to be made and like you can see the love in god of war like with jormungandr that is probably the best portrayal of Jormungandr I've ever seen in a video game or media. Yeah. Um, I mean, shoot, uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I was thinking of God of War when I, like, while I was mentioning, uh, like, how beautiful the landscapes were in the exploration in uh, Valhalla. Um, just whenever, like, whenever you first get to where the water is and just being able to see that, the vastness across that lake. And I can't remember exactly what the thing in the middle of that, uh, of the water is called, but where basically it's like the bridge between like the realms and everything like that. Um, where you mm-hmm. can go through the tunnel. I can't not not tunnels, but they're like portals. It's been mm-hmm. a while since I played. I'm trying to remember. Oh, but are you that, talking about in God of War? So, like when you go into like the center building, right? right yeah, 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 yeah. Representation yeah. of Yggdrasil. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying to think exactly. It's like I said. It's been like three years since I played that. Yeah, but it's yeah, just it's it is wild. an absolutely beautiful game. And well, the fact that it was all shot and like it was all like one continuous shot, like there was no cuts throughout the entire thing, was ridiculous. Right. By the way. Well, yeah, like I was gonna say, like one thing I never forget is when you're Kratos and you throw your axe into the the lake, and then you, you go to retrieve it and it doesn't come back, and then you just see the world serpents come up out of the water. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was just one of those moments that just stick with me from that video game. Um, I, I should. When we all saw the trailer, we all thought it was gonna be like we're gonna have to fight that. How are we gonna kill that? <laughs> I mean, right, probably in the right? next. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, almost guarantee you within the next two, you're going to have to, because I think they're planning two more, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing at least one. Oh, are they doing another trilogy? Awesome. They Well, they said they're going to do well, for sure one, but this probably going to be a trilogy. They said the same thing with whenever it first came out, but got a war on PlayStation. So I should add, um, before we get too deep into this, I do um, game reviews for a website called The Mid Guardian. Um, if you haven't checked them out, I have done three so far. I have done Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which you can also find on my channel, but that was my first promotional video uh, video for the Midgardian website, um, which is a um, like Northern spirituality based webpage. So it's all content based on that. Um, and then I have also done God of War, um, which is not officially on the website, but is on their YouTube. And I recently did Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice, um, which is uh, one of the more surprising ones that I, I ended up playing. And even today before I, we got recording here, I just got my gameplay footage done for, for Crusader Kings 3. Um, and that review will be up in the next coming month. And I believe I'm actually going to do Two Human um, as like a re- retro review because it was one of the earlier games that adopted a Nordic style. So I kind of want to go back to, you know, 10 years ago and see how video games were represented. Um, I'd like to do Valheim. Um, but I need to get a PC that can actually play Valheim because it doesn't work for Mac. So if I can get a PC, I'd like to do that as well. Have you guys played Valheim? 
I'm a, I I've been meaning to. I, I have I not. Um, being the, the the nerd that I am, there are uh, some YouTubers that I do follow that have actively like have a play through like video or whatever that they do on their YouTube channel. Um, and it's it's interesting. It, it it is from what I have seen. <clears throat> um, uh, it's I don't want to say it's like it's accurate you know like super accurate like pagan wise but i mean it's it looks fun to me like honestly i would play it but um i don't think them being you know just a generic you know gaming channel don't obviously dive too too much into it as far as like the spirituality of it because they're doing it just to play it but um i mean it looks good to me obviously yeah i can't say too much on it because i've only watched it i haven't actually participated in act and you know actively played it myself but I think it has potential. I think it fits in that category where it's like yeah. not every game is going to revolutionize Viking media and things like that. Yeah. Um, That's fine. Know, I'd almost throw that into the same category as like Skyrim. Like Skyrim has a hmm. very Nordic based theme obviously but it's not something that's going to change your, your entire perception of the religion i mean it's cool the games like valheim which you know the survival you know style of game right now is very popular you know rust is extremely popular um you know what's a uh, arc survival is very popular mm -hmm. um yeah. you know it's a very common genre so to see a game that really the only thing they did was add a nordic skin on top of it um to become very popular it's becoming very popular and i know it's uh, it's talking about being ported um and it was a very small developing team um, so it's cool to see that just adding a Viking theme to things is making them more interesting to people. Skyrim belongs to the Nords. Yeah. Now, <laughs> granted, I've not I've not played Valheim, but I remember whenever I first saw it, and it was these people going through and like showing like all, all like the crazy stuff they built. I'm like, they, did they just make a freaking like Viking Minecraft? What the hell is this? Yeah, <laughs> and then I looked a little bit more into it. That's yeah. pretty much what I thought. I think uh, Parker has played uh, yeah. played it extensively. Yeah, I have a gaming PC, but I need to get it fixed. Um, it's like video card or motherboard another, like melted. I guess another technical one you could consider Viking is Banner Saga. I don't know if any of y'all played. Yeah, I, yeah, I would consider that more of a in the, in that Viking style because like I have a list of games where it's like because right now my contract with uh, Mid Guardian is six game reviews, so I've been trying to figure out what the last two are going to be. Um, and I thought about Banner Saga because it's so beautiful, but in the end, it's not really a Viking game. You know, it's so, just in a, it's very stylized. Hmm. Yeah, so one that I've played, it, it, it's kind of like um, a, oh, I'm trying to think of the best way to, it's like a, I almost want to say like civilization-esque feel to it. It's called um, Northgard, and mm. it is it is very much Viking-based, and it is got, it touches quite a bit on the lore and like the mythology of it to a, to a, a pretty decent degree. Um uh, I mean that might be a decent one, but it's you know it's not nothing anything exciting. I feel like it's along the lines of like Crusader Kings three, where like you, it's actually honestly it's a pretty difficult game to play because um, you have to have like so much food stored up in the spring, and then the winters come and like you can't grow food and all this stuff. And if you don't, like people start to die, people start to leave your villages, blah blah blah, things like that. And then are you talking about? Uh, hold on, I think I just found it. The Vikings Wolves of Midgard. No, it's called Northgard. Is like oh. that's the name of the game. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I would say it's it's like a Crusaders King, uh, esque play style, so to speak, but not quite as brutal, but still pretty brutal. It looks more like Civilizations. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, because yeah, I know in the little game I'm talking about, you're the position of a chieftain, or like a, you become a yarl once you get big enough. 
or yeah. you're a king. You know, you're, you're responsible for your village. You gotta grow it. You gotta, yeah, you know, it's just like civilization. Yeah, there's there's some light. Yeah, there's some light. Um, you know, uh, mythology and, and paganism, like accurate, relatively accurate stuff that's thrown in there. Um, I actually think there's. Um, oh, I can't think of the name of the monument. But it's the that has the the three massive swords sticking in the ground. That I believe. Oh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Oh, yeah, the, the the one that's like the um, this the monument to where uh, King Harold did the uh, or I'm trying to remember what it, what exactly his real name was. But whenever he beat the other two uh, the other two petty kings of Norway and became like the, the, oh, the king of yeah, all of Norway yeah, back yeah. in like yeah the 800s or 900s. Yeah, so like there are like references to things like that in that game. Um, as well it's not like anything super crazy but like they threw in the detail to like be like hey look at put this in here um but yeah i think there's um it's it's very interesting like one of the things i was thinking about is how many games always have no matter what it is has a viking skin you can buy or something like that like it's a very mm -hmm. common aesthetic you can find i mean shoot i remember when uh like call of duty um Oh shoot! Which one was it? Modern Warfare, like in the War Zone, like they released a like Viking skin, and like yeah, I, I got it. But again, it's because we're suckers for that kind of stuff. You know, we play video games. You know, shoot, you know, it's not even like we're thinking oh. about it. You're sitting there playing Call of Duty, and a skin for a Viking pops up. You're like, well, of course I have to buy that. Right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the free PlayStation game right now, the uh, Zombie World Four, whatever. I downloaded. I haven't played it yet. But whenever I was going through the add-ons, they had a Viking dude. I'm like, why? You know, two dollars. I'm pretty sure Minecraft has a Viking skin pack. It does. They, I have it as well. Yeah. 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 It, it completely like redoes it. Yeah. So like Viking aesthetic is is everywhere. And it, honestly, yeah. Like once you start to think about it, like you start to realize like it is quite. So I feel like when you play games like that, like you play a game like Skyrim or, you know, just play Minecraft with a skin pack. Like at some point when you hit a certain age, like Odin pops out of the corner. And he's like, hey, did you know this is actually a religion too? And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, oh. crazy enough, like even like Vikings have inspired Pokemon. If you, I don't know oh, if yeah. any of y'all play Pokemon. What? But they have a Viking yeah. Pokemon now? Yeah. They, well, they reskinned Meowth, and he's it's he's like a Galarian form Meowth, and then he evolves into Berserker, and he's got like a beard. And Dude, like that's cool steel. as shit. Yeah, and then the uh, Coffin Pokemon, Kafungus or whatever his name is, I'm butchering that one. I haven't played Black and White, so, but he's that's where the one he's from. Uh, he evolves into that red stone tablet. Oh, oh yeah, it's a yeah. red stone. The yeah. yeah, the, the yeah, really famous runestone. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's yeah. awesome. So, like, I mean, where have I been for all of this? <laughs> well, you know, well, I mean, Galar I is. Yeah, well, Galar is the uh, UK region for that. So, like, they even took Nordic inspiration and stuff, and you can go through there and see uh, where in the UK the famous different monuments, and they made them into Pokemon and stuff. But it's just really cool. That is interesting. Yeah, like there's little like nuances throughout a lot of stuff. Right. I didn't even realize. Like I, I knew about the one runestone like Pokemon just through like, <laughs> it on social media somewhere. But like it is yeah. interesting to see that like there are very it's, it's a relatively common thing. I mean, um, you know, I think Lord of the Rings helps a lot, um, just because Lord of the Rings is I mean, Tolkien was probably one of the first people to be so heavily influenced creatively by viking mm -hmm. content um oh, and it, I, I mean well i mean obviously you have painters of the you know uh, romantic period started painting a lot of paintings representing i mean uh what was it uh the guy that made like the orchestra the or 
oh, what's his name? The the famous like Viking songs from like the 1890s, like that everyone was obsessed with. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up, aren't I? Right. I have probably no idea what you're talking about. Well, right? why, Viking why? opera. Okay, so yeah. Richard Wagner was a famous composer, and he did a lot of opera that was slightly Viking themed. Uh, okay. And uh, the famous song "Ride of the Valkyries," like that. Oh, that's where that comes from. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that comes from Richard Wagner. Wagner. Okay. 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 Yeah. No. So, like, obviously, that was very inspired by Viking content, the Germanic, you know, Germanic history and myth. But you know, I would say Tolkien really established a lot of aesthetics, and of course, that was further influenced by the movies that came out um about them but yeah Tolkien definitely had a huge hand and I mean preserving the runes I mean dwarves I mean Lord of the Rings is seeping with Nordic and Anglo-Saxon influences right Gimli for the win <laughs> well yeah I mean if you look at it in in a video game context like if you look at what is considered like a dwarven language in any video game it is primarily the Elder Plutarch nine times well, out of ten not only that, but you can even look at, like, let's go back to Skyrim, you know, all the different elves and stuff like that, even Dwemer are considered, they're all considered dwarves. They're not even considered elves, essentially, mm. the lore. Yeah, I mean, there would definitely be some people in the Norse pagan community that would tell you that Lord of the Rings is a bad thing because, like, dwarves technically probably don't look like the dwarves we expect them to look like. Um, <laughs> also, I don't think they look like God of War dark elves slash dwarves. Well, and no. again, God of War kind of messed up there because they have dwarves and dark elves. Like, they're two separate things. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I never I mean, understood that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, yeah, like, we look at it, obviously, from a very different perspective, but, I mean, yeah, if you look at it in the video game thing, like, you don't want to necessarily have, like, you know, for the the attention grabbing, like you want to have multiple, you know, things to fight that aren't the same, you know, even though they're right. like, you know. I mean, shoot, like Warhammer, you know, has like, yeah. obviously they have dwarves, but then they have like a Viking race as well. Are they a good representation? No. No. <laughs> but they have them and they are basically right. Vikings. Well, that's yeah. like going back to For Honor, you know, like they, they look cool, but like the executions are sweet. Right. <laughs> it just it feels that bloodlust or whatever you want to call it. Like it's just you know, it's gonna be hard to find actual representation <laughs> in a video game because they're going after the, the money. They're not wanting to make a representation. Right. I mean the reason they have a Viking skin in Call of Duty isn't because they like Norse pagans, it's because we are suckers and we all bought that skin. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And the fact that you know any any game that like you they have like a character that's just like this is the berserker and like all you do is like you just destroy everything like they, you know every now and then we all we all want to just go through we just want to destroy things like it's it's a thing <laughs> of like getting rid of stress and just taking right. frustration <laughs> we all the perfect thing for that it's the reason why every game can't be kingdom come deliverance is because at the end of the day mm, we yeah. don't play video games for like full immersion most of the time you know yeah. so that has its place but sometimes like shoot you know in me and you were playing no man's sky last night sometimes you just mm. want to zon- like zonk out and just like yeah. mine rocks on a foreign foreign planet and then sometimes you want <laughs> sometimes you don't want to just mine rocks on a foreign planet on an infinite procedurally generated no, universe no, no, hold on, hold on. y'all tell me oh Caleb, try this game you'll like it you might like it i try it. i'm on a toxic planet don't know what the heck i'm doing and then i die i spawn <laughs> in trying to figure out what to do and then i die i'm like you know what screw this game this game is not for me <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I do think that, you know, it's interesting that we are getting such a range in Viking style games nowadays, um, that there are some that are more casual and then you have the more hardcore. I mean, we have subcategories and like, before you know it, like right now there's like, you know, Nordic folk music, whatever you want to call it. And even that's getting subcategories now, you know, you have the heavy metal, you know, like the, the, the black metal, the dark metal, the death metal versions of Viking music. And then you went, you had a split, you had a split to more war esque music, the more skaldic music. And now you have a different split, which is the high long split, which is the more Shemitic music. So we're getting yeah. different groups as this begins to evolve and grow, which is really exciting. Um, which means it's hard to keep track of everything nowadays. <laughs> what would be, where would Osai and Jupiter fall in between those splits? Okay, so it's, it's my like old boy. American uh, folky. Yeah, Grace. so my old buddy, Sean Death, <laughs> since we just hang out now, <laughs> which is just bizarre to me. Um, so recently I uh, was up in the mountains with him and he was just like, hey, you want to come record me doing some new songs with this fiddle player? And the more I hung out with him, the more I've talked with him and just like understood it. Um, I, I, it's definitely something that's made me think about this idea of North American paganism, how we're definitely getting our own identity here. Like, yes, we may uh, venerate the Nordic gods. We definitely, we're not from Scandinavia at the end of the day. We are here in America, mo many of us around Appalachia. And it does seem to be that a lot of Norse pagans are coming around the Appalachian regions. It's one of the most popular regions we have in the discord um, is this area is just the, these mountains have some old magic to them. Um, and they are mountains that were originally attached to Scotland. Like these mountains used to be in the same mountain chains as England. And so it's like, there's connections there. There's old magic. They're the oldest mountains in the world. Um, and that is a fact. They are the oldest mountains in the world. So there is just old, old magic. I mean, shoot, Ian, you were just here. You were out in Red River Gorge. You yeah. can't tell me there's not old magic in them hills. Oh, yeah. Like being out there, like it was a complete change. And in, in just, I mean, I remember saying it to you, like, the air itself felt so different being in that area compared to you know where we were at the gas station right before we actually like went into the gorge itself like you know there was like i still feel something because we were getting close but yeah once we actually went into the gorge itself and we you know stepped out it looked like you know i was completely dumbfounded i was you know my mouth agape and just looking around yeah. like you know yeah so i do think that um you know sean you know, he definitely encompasses a very unique part of Norse paganism. And it's this new evolution of North American paganism, I think that is happening, is that as, you know, as, you know, I don't want to necessarily say as the European pagans kind of turn their back to us, because um, I definitely feel like a lot of old school European pagans don't really want anything to do with what's happening here in North America, which I mean, is fair. I don't really, I can't really focus on what they're doing over there. We're a world away. Um, you know, do we worship the same gods? Sure. Um, and so share similar ideals, but the land is also important to the following of this faith and our land here is different. Um, so I do think that, you know, bands like OC and the Jupiter that are, you know, American based, which I mean, of all the pagan North Norse pagan bands, there's, I think only a couple that are North American based and he's one of them. Um, so I do think it's getting an interesting identity um, by being born and birthed out of uh, the Appalachian regions. Yeah, it's interesting to see, like, like you were saying with the subgenres with, you know, Nordic folk music to see what the potential like subgenres or genres as a whole come from with like Norse or like Nordic inspired video games. I mean, obviously, yeah, like you have something that you know, like Valhalla, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is relatively accurate. You know, and and you know, it, it does a. They did a good job. I'll give them that. They did a, a, a better job than I expected covering both just the standard like way of life, and then with some of the uh, 
you know, introductions with and interactions with the gods themselves and, and the, the actual spirituality of it as a whole. I mean, they, you know, they made the effort to throw in a, a, a Sather practitioner in the village. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what game has done that? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's stuff like that. Like, very small little bits that, you know, they threw in there. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, you have, like, your hack and slash kind of thing. So, I'm curious to see, like, in the future, what kind of subgenres kind of branch off and stuff like that. Um, Thank you for bringing up our next topic, the future of Viking representation in video oh. games. Ooh. It was 100% <laughs> planned. I totally knew that's what we were doing. <laughs> well, um, so what would you guys like to see moving forward in the evolution of Viking representation of video games? Me personally, like hence we kind of talked about it a little bit with Kingdom Come Deliverance, I personally would like to see something that is so period piece specific and, and accurate that it's almost painful to play because it's you know, primarily for the immersion. Because I am one of those weirdos that like, I like to be fully immersed in a game. Like, yes, I do like my Call of Duty and I like some things like that, you know, where I can just sit down and mindlessly, you know, shoot things or hack and slash at things. Um, but I would I would like to see something along those, along that line of being just painfully and aesthetically like pleasing and accurate um, that, you know, it would take me months to play and finish. Because A, either I wouldn't want to finish it or I would just be so, like, there's just so much to it. Um, or it's just that difficult, like, the learning curve-wise. I just, so I would, I would like to see something like that, personally. I just picture, like, a Kingdom Come Deliverance in, like, Norway where you gotta, like, build your own ship. You gotta go through there and knock down the tree yeah. and drag it. And yeah, I love doing that. It takes literal list. four months to build ship. That's just what I, I picture Ian, like, wanting that. Just sitting there, what are you doing, Ian? I built the ship. Leave me alone. The yeah. time, by the time Ian gets done, he has the full Gandalf beard. He's sitting here finally. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would. I would like something along those lines, like a, a kingdom come deliverance, or like a in a, a Norse setting, or like a, a setting of you know Norway, and throw like a decent amount of the 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 religion into it as well. I mean, obviously, you know. I mean, religion was a big aspect of kingdom come deliverance, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it really, it was yeah, it really was. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was in that time period where the big, you know, the shift between. Um, you know, right after where paganism was basically wiped out and then Christianity was in full swing. So yeah, like there's almost every interaction you have with that in that game is, you know, may God keep you, you know, or something like that, you know, whenever you interact with somebody. So yeah, like Christianity was, you know, as a religion at that time was huge in that game. So like, yeah, clearly like they, they took the time to do that. I mean, obviously there's a lot more, uh, you know, stuff related to Christianity that is readily available to put into a game but i mean i don't think it was some with some effort they could make a pretty decent game like that with you know the religion as a whole in there best mission of kingdom come deliverance is where you get drunk with that priest and party all night mm-hmm. oh yeah agreed i like the one where you go out <laughs> in the woods and dance around the fire i haven't seen that one you ain't seen that one it's uh, good it's I, pu- I literally got to the point where i like stayed up all night with that priest partying and then had to give that sermon the next day for him it was like this is going to be the best part of this game so i'm just going to edit it right now because i can't actually <laughs> i can't actually fight in this game because i die every time so like i might yeah. as well just quit right now and retire in this village I, no, the, I, the I thing that sucked about the combat was like about the like story was it's like as soon as you like yes i've got a hold of it everything's good i'm really like the story picks up you have like the big final thing and it just ends it's like what i hate when games do that <laughs> i absolutely hate that 
for All me, right. I, I'm Tails. I'm a I'm a sucker for like the hack and slash stuff. I just really am. So I would like a for honor to open world where I just run around killing everything as a beefcake Viking. <laughs> so you know that kind of leads me to an interesting thought is um, in a poll I put up, which I'll I'll if I do a Viking TV show live stream. Um, I've been using uh, YouTube polls since I have such a wide audience. I like getting the the answers to a lot of questions I have. And it was, you know, basically I asked, what do you think the Vikings did for Norse paganism? Do you think it was a great show? Do you think it was an okay show? Do you think it was so bad that it ruined paganism? Or have you never played, watched uh, Vikings at all? And um, like only like 4% of people thought it was so bad it like tainted the faith in some way. And so I do, yeah. And I thought that number would actually be much higher because it seems like there is a lot of negative feelings towards the Viking TV show, at least in the Norse pagan community. So I do think that there is a market for, I mean, at the end of the day, you look up, I look up Norse pagan right now on Instagram. What am I going to find? I'm going to find people dressed as Vikings. I'm going to see half naked women with Viking paint all over them. And um, the shield maidens. Yeah. yeah, the shield yeah. maidens. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure shield if I ask them, I'll be like, race. hey, so hail Odin, right? They'll be like, oh, I don't actually follow the faith. <laughs> like yeah. I almost guarantee it. Let me see here. All right. Top post. Vikings TV show, Vikings TV show, people uh, role playing, uh, Shield Maiden, Shield Maiden, uh, generic <laughs> painting of a Viking, Shield Maiden, Shield Maiden, Shield Maiden, Shield Maiden. <laughs> you know, like there is a very popular, you know, I mean, one of the most popular things, yeah, is the aesthetic of Vikings. Um, and so I think that is going to continue to live on. And what's going to sell? Uh, you know, if if Ian's game is in the right corner, hyper-realistic Viking fantasy where it takes you four months to build a boat and hack and slasher, <laughs> meaty, gritty, beefcake game. Gritty, meaty, beefcake game will outsell Ian's game 20 times over. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, I'm a big fan of the Dynasty Warrior games or like the... Uh, the samurai one that they have so i would love for koei tecmo just like do a one with the normandy invasion where you're a viking just going through wrecking house killing a thousand men like that'd just be awesome um, oh yeah i know that like a game like what i would want is definitely on the niche yeah it's, yeah it's a very <laughs> small group of people that would enjoy oh, that. I would. I'd play that too because I also play Kingdom Code Deliverance, but it just feels so satisfying when you're that beefcake Viking and you're just <laughs> sitting there with that that double-handed axe, whoosh, slicing through your enemies, and then you get that execution on for honor, and you like break their neck or cut off their head. You know, it just it's satisfying. So I guess I've got two. Um, just on like. We were talking earlier about the about the fact that well, I'm just I've got two ideas because for one thing, like I think the thing that would it would be a, a mixture of like the hack and slash thing and like the really realistic thing. So like we talked about earlier with Skyrim, it was basically like this is you know this is your Viking landscape, have fun with it. It was just you know loosely based off of it, and you know we could all tell everything was sort of Viking esque. That's the whole thing with the Nords, um, or Atmorans or whatever you want to call them where they came from. But if you took that and you, you know, you ramped it up a little bit, maybe made it a little bit more realistic, got a little bit more in depth and brought some more of the actual, like, you know, the actual Norse paganism religion into it, I think it'd be awesome. Um, I think it would sell really well as far as that goes and to be a good mixture of the two. And on top of that, I'm a guy that I kind of like pain and suffering when it comes to video games. I like Dark Souls. So I think it'd be really awesome to, and badass if you had a Viking-esque sort of uh, Dark Souls kind of game or Souls-like game as people like to call them. You go through and you're fighting like you know draw you know not exactly the same type of drogger that we're in like god of war or in skyrim 
but you know the big monsters, the Stan, the Steam Dior and everything like that. I think it would be really cool in the the open as well. It'd be a a big grind. I feel like, but it would be pretty well, awesome. Uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. That like so they, if they were sucker punched to take on like a Vikings team, mm-hmm. they could do a really good one. Oh yeah. So I think um, in my dream, I would I need. What I need in my perfect Viking video game is I need a good company behind it. I need a company that really does care about the religion aspect. They don't just float around the drain, but they also understand it needs to make money. And I think the perfect company for that, despite their recent mishap, is CD Projekt Red. Because what they already did with The Witcher 3 was phenomenal because they really, really cared about the Slavic roots of that game. Um, but then also they had the entire region of Skellige, which were already Nordic themed. Obviously it wasn't true Nordic, but it was definitely in that theme. So I think if they took the reins on something that was more Viking-esque, I think they would do a wonderful job. I mean, you know, cause I think oh, yeah. a Viking story needs to be gritty. It needs to be dark. Um, it needs to, you know, but also it needs to have those moments of beauty, which I think CD Projekt Red is really good at. Despite mm-hmm. the failures of, you know, um, Cyberpunk, it did have some really great moments in it. And I think that um, they are a company that knows how to really capture those moments. And I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla was able to get that a, a few times, but it still just wasn't quite far enough into the the romantic view I have of the Viking era. I think it, it, it missed the marks just a little bit. Oh yeah, CD Projekt Red could take something like that and do wonders with. I actually wanted to bring mm-hmm. up The Witcher in that because that video game, you can spend hours and hours and hours on, and it just is a beautiful making. I think that's one of the most thorough games ever made. Yeah, I, I was sitting here earlier when we were talking about it. I was like, I'm forgetting something. I cannot remember what game I'm forgetting, and that was what it was. Yeah. I, I mean, shoot, history. like the area of Skellige, like it's not a huge area, but you still spend like 20 hours there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's basically yeah. a whole game in itself up there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you can put a, easy 100 hours in The Witcher 3 and not even do anything. The one Fred I know that did a completionist run was 355 hours. 100% of the game. Like yeah. every single side quest, every single like small nook and cranny he, he went through. I thought he went crazy and insane after that. He got really smelly too. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> well that's like with Valhalla I've, I've, I'm at 100 hours and I've collected everything you can collect I've done everything you can do both in uh, Norway uh, New Finland and all of it like even in the uh, Cedar Hut uh, I've completed and done everything um, so I think the last thing I really wanted to talk about um, is I don't like I don't want to be like the Indian section of this to be about Crusader Kings three uh, because I will be doing a full review of it but it is fresh in my mind um, for anyone who hasn't played that game um, even in this these uh, these four co-hosts here um, the thing that is fascinating about that game is it's not a pagan game like it wasn't made inherently as a pagan game but it has like, the game is so massive because it's a grain strategy game so if it you know true viking power fantasy is that game do you get to pack and slash are you a beefcake no you look at little dudes move on a chessboard essentially but it is so in-depth i mean you essentially can choose who you start as so you look at the viking age and it gives you the choice of like beer and iron side sigurd snake in the eye ivor the boneless um you know basically all the children of ragnar and then you play as that character throughout their life and then you play as their children and then their children's children until basically 1400 when the game ends um or until you run out of ant like unless you don't get an heir to your throne and then the game ends as well um so the options are open because it starts with a historical blanket like everything is historic and perfect 
the way it was meant to be like you know when you first start but the, the moment you make your first decision you change history and so like um i i put my most time in crusader kings 2 and um you, essentially it's the same game it's just everything's packed together neatly in crusader kings 3 um and i you can reform paganism you know you can take norse paganism and change how it happened so you can completely like if you get all the holy sites and have enough power and influence you can just say i'm changing this forever and so like i changed it so how my king was like the pagan pope essentially he was called a falkir and he was a warrior pope essentially and charged headlong into battle with everybody else and that's how you regain like gained renown like you can change it so like um how the different temples and hierarchies work you can change your views on like marriage and you know uh like witches and all these different taboos um it's wild i mean there's so many different things you can monkey with and then then proceed with history with your new formed religion of you know norse paganism and it's absolutely fascinating uh let me tell you christians hate you no matter what um <laughs> the moment i reformed like i literally had all of scandinavia under my control i had all of england all of ireland um you know basically all of the northern countries um and i reformed <laughs> immediately the pope was like hey we're gonna have a holy war on you and so it changed course of history instead of having holy wars to is like the islamic state they had holy wars against me <laughs> so i was dealing with the oh, crusades man. to the viking people yeah. and so like that game has so much potential um is it the most exciting game in the world not really because at the end of the day you're looking at a map the entire time um and dealing with text-based things that pop up but the amount of variables and the fact that you can literally change history is fascinating down to a micro scale like, oh yeah. yeah like it's i tried to rebuild the spartan empire Oh, that's so hard in that game. Oh, oh you have, you have to fight the Byzantines. I mean, that's oh, oh man, it's so hard. It was, it yeah, you can you can. Really um, one of the hardest things in that game to do is reform the Roman Empire. That, that would be you really interesting. I've not heard of anyone doing it, but to like reform the you know ancient Macedon, like Alexander the Great's empire. Oh, I'm not insane. sure you can do that because um, I know you can form like Helen. I think they call it Hellenistic paganism yeah. or Hellenism or something mm -hmm. like that. You can yeah. actually. You can take over the original Roman Empire and then convert the populace back to pagan ways. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. yeah, you can. Dude, I, I watched my my one friend that tried to do that, dude. It was so hard because of the Byzantines. Like he's he started as the Byzantines, but like you have so many problems from you know, because the, the Catholics hate you because you're not Catholic, and the Islamic people hate you because they want your land. And so you're dealing with a two-front war of humongous immediately. odds. Yeah, immediately. immediately. So right out the gate. Yeah, so to actually then take over all of the Mediterranean essentially is almost impossible. Right. It, that's what I did. So like I, I first started off with the Byzantine notes during that time period. I was like, this is too much. I was like, I wonder if I could take over and make the Spartans a thing again. Tried that, and then I felt bad for the Emperor. And not only did he have wars on two front, he also had a civil war. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm. Endless civil war in that game. It's all yeah. that happens. Oh you peasants don't want to pay your taxes. <laughs> One game where you're your choice is death. Okay. <laughs> One game mode I try to do is I started as um, I forget I think it was Charlemagne, and you had West and East Francia, and it uh, fractures the first part of the game when you start as him, and so you have to either take over West Francia or, or East Francia over again, 
um, but I was going to convert Charlemagne to a pagan and then basically turn <laughs> France into a pagan colony. <laughs> but it did not go well. Let me tell you, the people did not like me converting to paganism and they revolted and beheaded me. <laughs> oh my God. That tends to happen whenever yeah. you're Charlemagne. So like, again, that's the cool thing about the game is you can do whatever you want, but you are at will to the populace that you rule, quote unquote, in that game. Like, they don't want a pagan ruler. They could just behead you. <laughs> You're one man versus a thousand. Yeah. So speaking on CK3, I don't know if y'all saw that they came out with like their first DLC part. It was a. It was more like they're fleshing out like the um, the Nordic people. It was, I think it was called like the Northern Lords or something like that. But they went through and added all. They fleshed out more of the religion stuff. They actually made it for like you know how you could find people that were like randomly berserkers or they could just become mm. one in battle. Now there's actually a thing of like. If as the ruler, if you don't have that trait, um, once you get so far in, there's a random dude that shows up and he can show you the way, and it actually goes through and and tells you about this ritual that you that your character performs, and they can either become it or potentially get wounded and uh, or wound somebody else as they go into the uh, the berserker trance. Um, mm. And then they add a bunch they add a bunch of like bunch of flavor stuff, bunch of new outfits, things like that, and they actually make it where you can form the uh, the North Seas Empire, which I thought was really cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that game is wild. Um, obviously, I will be Definitely. doing it. I'm doing a full review, hopefully relatively soon for the Midgardian website. Um, but it, it's one of those games, if you have a PC, if you have a Mac, it, I mean, it doesn't take like a massive beefy computer to play. Like if you play it in the lower settings, it just like, it requires a lot of RAM because like usually there's so much, because at any given time in that game, there's like 30,000 individuals all over the world because it's all across Europe, Africa, and basically all of Asia. So, and each of those countries has hundreds of people that live there and all have things who they marry, who they murder, what they do. And those are running in the background, no matter who you are. So like, oh, and then the Black Plague comes and kills anyone, everyone anyways. And fun mm. fact, the reason the game has the Black Plague is one, because it's historic, but also because at some point during the game, there's too many people. So the game can no longer handle the amount of people. So they needed something to eliminate the populace to help the game actually run. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. That explains yeah. why the freaking plague shows up like it does. Yeah. So yeah, anytime, all right. basically anytime the game gets overpopulated, they have a plague that comes through to cut down on the populace. Well, if I'm not mistaken with that, if it isn't there, I, I don't know if it, this is the game that I'm thinking of, but isn't there a thing where if you essentially attack so many people throughout that game that it'll actually change the environment of the world when you're doing it? Like, isn't there, I think, I don't remember if that's the game I'm thinking of, but like, there's like a weird, like little sneaky achievement. Like if you just go through and like, just steamroll over countries and and, mm. and and cultures and stuff like that and just basically murder everything and don't like absorb anything that it like literally like will change like the environment to a certain degree i'm sure it probably is that I game has all kinds of sneaky things i, mean, I think you can, that's you can become a vampire like oh you can find immortality and an immortality potion too yeah yeah i've heard it's like it's super difficult i don't think anybody's done it yet in the ck3 i don't know i'm, I'm, I'm waiting I'm waiting on the Game of Thrones mods coming out for it. Then we'll dive back in. Um, but gentlemen, we are ending, getting pretty close to the end here. So I do want to run one more time through everybody. And let's talk about our favorite Viking moment in a video game. And whoever wants to start going. I mean, we were talking, okay, I'll start. Uh, it, I wouldn't say it's, actually, yeah, it's one of my, it's a, a, a series of moments in AC Valhalla, spoilers alert. Put that PSA out there real quick. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> um, but it is when you 
do a series of missions with Ivar the Boneless, but it, they actually pronounce his name properly as Ivar. Um, it's accurately spelt and properly pronounced. Um, but it's when you do a series of missions with him. And for me, like the Vikings TV series, he's my favorite character. I love him. He's insane. Gross. Yeah, Jacob doesn't like him, but him as a as a fig as a as just a character as a as a historical figure too. Like I just love him, and doing those missions with him and just kind of seeing like how absolutely just insane he is, it just made it that much more enjoyable. Because you know I you know I got like we'll throw my chaos out there right now and then. You know like a, a Joker is my favorite character. He's like a Viking Joker, so to speak. Like he just wants to see the world burn. Um, so I would say doing the stuff with him was hands down oh, some of my favorite storylines ever in that in a Viking uh, inspired video game, just because he's my favorite. I'll also say mine had to come from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and that's in the very beginning when you're a boy in the hall, and everybody's just there, and then like it breaks out into the song and stuff like that. That was just breathtaking and awesome for me. Um, I guess I'm going to go a bit, break the mold. I'm going to go a bit farther back to uh, Skyrim whenever I was um, not, not, like I said, not exactly inherently Viking, but it's based on that. But just going through and learning, learning about, you know, where the Nords came from, like the ancient gods that they followed, everything like that. And just being able to, you know, trying to, you know, learn more about like that culture. So just because, you know, I could, you know, I could connect the dots and figure, and see it, but I didn't realize that it was like laying the seeds for stuff like that later on in my life, you know, to be what we're doing now, you know, sitting here talking about this stuff and actually being North Pagan. You didn't understand at the time, but, you know, looking back on it, that has to be my favorite moment just because it, you know, like I said, it, it laid the foundation for me, you know, getting interested in this stuff. Honestly, I was thinking Skyrim as well. Um, I mean, Elder Scrolls is one of my favorite game series of all time. Obviously, when I heard they're doing a, a Viking-themed one, I lost my shit as a kid. Um, <laughs> so, write down, I cussed at a certain point. Um, but it's honestly, okay when you do it. Well, no, I still bleep it out. I know. I'm uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think, honestly, one of the craziest things to me, and this is a thought I had recently, as I've been diving more into the pros at a, um, and, like, Snorri's idea of the Norse gods, there is, you know, that thought that the Norse gods were at one point just people. And I was having a conversation with someone the other day is like, in the end of the day, are we just ancestor venerating to the point people became gods? Like at one point, was there someone who was Odin and that they just became, did such great deeds, they became so venerated that they entered some form of a godhood. Um, it is a possibility that pr persists. You know, there's the argument of what the gods are all the time. So playing with this idea of were gods just heroes at one point, um, it could happen. And so one of the things I really like about Skyrim and reflection of that is that's all Talos was. Is Talos was a hero of the Nordic people who was venerated into godhood. And that was one of the things that they protected. I mean, obviously you have, uh, you know, the, the preacher in the middle of Whiterun, almighty oh, Talos! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We all hated that dude. <laughs> at some point. I know we all did. We just saved the game, just kill him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he was the adoring fan of Skyrim, and yeah. so to me, seeing how people so fiercely defended Talos as an idea, 
um, and how fiercely they defended that, no, this is a hero, you know, he is a god to us. Honestly, you know, that is something that I think speaks to the Viking people as well, because they venerated heroes, they venerated ancestors, you know, it's up in the air whether that, you know, eventually led to a godhood. I mean, I've seen it in my research of Bracky, was Bracky just a really good skull that eventually became so famous he was a god? Um, you know, this is a question we have in the Norse faith. Um, so to see that question in play, even in Skyrim, is really fascinating to me. You know, yes, it's not inherently Norse, but it's something that, you know, the Norse idea, the Norse history, we've had to deal with. So, um, yeah, I think Skyrim, in its own way, had some really beautiful moments. Oh, uh, final moment on that. I remember climbing a mountain once and just finding a random shrine to Talos on the top of a mountain overlooking Whiterun. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I was about to say that one. And I love how the Thalmor is so adamantly against the Nords doing it. That's so good to kill a Thalmor if you're playing as a Nord. Thalmor freaked me out. Um, but yeah, gentlemen, thank you so much for in, uh, indulging in this very interesting episode. Uh, I, you know, I was just funny because it was like, we were already talking about like Viking stuff. So why not just hit record? And I'm glad we hit record. So I hope everyone enjoyed this episode with us. Um, but everyone, thank you so much for joining the Folk Podcast, episode 34. If you're interested in being on the Folk Podcast, please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you just have any questions you would like us to answer on the show, please email us there as well. Um, but otherwise... Thank you so much. And until the hall, Skull. 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 What? <laughs> <laughs>